Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. The Amish. If you're like me, you visualize bearded men, white hats, plain clothing, women in ankle-length dresses with white bonnets, riding bicycles, or driving a horse-drawn carriage. I also think of furniture, sturdy country-style furniture built to last generations, but what I didn't know until recently is that there is a fascinating internet-based company right here in Sarasota that helps over 120 Amish craftsmen sell their furniture all around the world. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, bringing you the most fascinating people doing the most interesting work right here in the greater Sarasota area. I'm very pleased to welcome today, Jim Miller, founder and CEO of JMX Brands, better known as Dutch Crafters Amish Furniture. In this episode, number one, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Jim, the tech-savvy college buddy instrumental in helping Jim launch JMX Brands, what Amish furniture truly is and what it's not, how JMX grew from zero to over $22 million in sales and in a little under 20 years, why Jim regularly celebrates employee successes, Jim's vision 2023 of delivering excellence, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today, and do remember to listen, learn, and connect. This is part two of a two-part series. On one of the visits that I that we had to uh, Amish country, uh, Lindsay and I were looking for more vendors to sell, and she kept finding these. She, we we kept seeing this indoor furniture, uh, beautifully made solid wood, uh, oak, cherry, brown maple, in a, in quite a few different styles. It wasn't just traditional, you know, grandma's Amish furniture, but a lot of uh, different styles as well. And uh, she said, boy, I think, I think this would be a great uh, opportunity for us to start to sell online. Uh, I, my response to that was, that will never work. I had too many uh, concerns about shipping, finishing, you know, all the reasons why it wouldn't work sort of came top of mind. She's pretty persistent. And uh, so, you know, she didn't give up. We launched Dutch Crafters at the very end of 2003, 
the next year in 2004, our first full year in business, we sold, we did about half a million dollars and almost all of it was in, in Amish made uh, indoor furniture. And Lindsay has always reminded me of that, you know, over the years, uh, you know, it was a great idea and I was very happy to be wrong. It, it, it is interesting when it comes to business where an entrepreneur thinks they know what the market wants because we have a vision of where we want to take our business. And yet you got to ask the market. I mean, that's an extraordinary, uh, this extraordinary story. What I, what, and as you were talking, I was thinking through the mistrust that people had about selling online and buying online because Jeff Bezos, when he started Amazon, he started off with books because everybody knows can relate. Okay. It's a book. Okay, what can what could be wrong with a book if I buy it online? And of course, we know the story. Today is one of the world's wealthiest men, but um, I and and so I'm sorry you busted my bubble a little bit. I thought that you just came from a from a from a Mennonite background. I thought, gosh, this would be great. We can sell this online. And and when I look back on the story, I mean, it's 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 a great lesson learned, right? Because everybody was around me was was you know Meow kept asking me what's unique in your in your background, what are you passionate about? I, I couldn't come up with anything. Lindsay saw it, uh, this possibility of reconnecting with, you know, this sort of this, this Amish community in, in a, an important way. And I had my doubts, you know. And so others were seeing the stuff that, you know, was right in front of me uh, that really was, was part of my own heritage and history. The story eventually comes together, and, and, um, but it, it didn't happen in the, you know, the sort of intentional way that you might assume that it, that it would have. Interesting. Interesting. Well, well, let's get into what is Amish furniture? Because again, anybody can slap a label on anything today and have it made in some far flung place. What is Amish furniture? Amish furniture in essence uh, is furniture that's made, that's manufactured in some way by Amish or Mennonite people. It typically represents uh, furniture that's made in a very small manufacturing environment, sort of a cottage industry. True craftsmanship. You know, we, we talk about hand craftsmanship. You know, people say, well, is it really made by hands? You know, everything involves tools. What we mean by that is that the, 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 the craftsmen have their hands on it, have their eyeballs on it, you know, are, are looking at each piece. They make it with... A uh, high uh, degree of uh, of integrity and authenticity, and uh, there's just a lot of care put into that whole process. But so it doesn't so much. Often people think of Amish furniture as a style. Um, there is that connotation with sort of traditional colonial furniture that that's made in in oak and and finished in a natural uh, uh, stain. You know, grandma, your your idea of grandma's furniture, uh, we sell that, um, but it's not a major part of our mix. If you walk into our Sar- our showroom here in Sarasota, you'll see uh, a whole lot of additional styles, wood types, uh, fabric options, finish options uh, that really fit a whole variety of, of, of decor. Along your journey, after you started JMX Brands, Dutch Crafters, was there ever a time when you said, what did I get myself into? Uh, probably at least half a dozen <laughs> times or more. I mean, 
Dreams die hard, though, and uh, you know when you've you've given yourself to something, uh, you face the curveballs, and sometimes they're a whole lot more than curveballs. You just drop you to your knees at times, and uh, you don't know where to go. I think that I think that's the test of 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 you know that entrepreneurial spirit. Not to say that every that there's always a, a, a good ending. I mean, there there are people who 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 give it their all and and try their best, and and for one reason or another, they don't make it. In our case, we were fortunate to be able to to be able to manage all those 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 big hurdles along the way, and there were a lot of them. What's well, a great success story? I'd like to turn back a couple of years to Vision Twenty Twenty, and it's on your website it's at JMX Brands, and I thought it was fascinating that uh, you used Vision Twenty Twenty really to help triple your revenue, I guess, up through uh, 2021 or 2022. I know you've gone way beyond that now. But, you know, for somebody out there who's wanting to start a business or working for a business, what are some of the things that you changed about your business and really to fulfill a vision? Yeah, I think the key for us, really, we launched Vision 2020 in uh, the end of 2013, up until then, we had really been a multi-brand company that was focused on many products, many different product niches, many websites. At one point, we had 22 different websites that were all you know, selling furniture or selling some kind of product, not just furniture. Uh, it was a lot to manage. We went through a moment of crisis in 2011 and 12. Uh, and um, had already started paring down to, to focus, but 2011, 2012 demanded that if we were going to survive, we had to focus. And so out of 20, out of that uh, came uh, uh, almost a singular focus on the Amish furniture uh, niche in, in, in the Dutch crafters brand. And um, that focus, uh, getting rid of stuff that wasn't working, I think was really one of the keys to success in that vision. I would also say that that just the clarity of the vision um, was really helpful. We wanted to be the vision was was basically in a in a nutshell that we wanted to be on internet retailers uh, uh, top five hundred list. Uh, which at the time, that was a magazine. And at the time, that would have put us to about $20, $22 million a year. Well, I'm going to interrupt you here because you do have quite a few accolades, and I did want to bring them up. I mean, just over the last few years, Furniture Today, leading e-retailer for four years, Gulf Coast 500, top company five years, internet retailer, mid-market 500 company for five years, Inc. 5,000 for six years. That's a big deal. Newsweek fastest growing online uh, shop for 2022 and best trending online shop in Newsweek for 2021. I could go on Sarasota Chamber of Commerce, medium business. Uh, I mean, you guys have accomplished quite a bit in a very short period of time. So obviously you guys set some great goals and were able to achieve those. I never got many awards in in middle school and high school, so I guess I was trying to make up for some lost time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's about I think it's about focus, as I was saying earlier, and clarity. Uh, but I also think it's about building a great. I say sometimes building a company that's worth building. You know, and and when we look to our culture and the 
the um, the meaningful work that we provide to people. Uh, you know, the, the the connections we have with vendors, uh, customers, uh, employees. It's the people that make the difference. So I focused um, uh, over and over. it's it's probably one of my major focus points is the recognition and celebration and growth of people. And I think that's one of the real driving factors in our, you know, for success in our business. Well, I'm looking at your bookshelf there of Tom Peters and you have bookshelf after bookshelf of business books. You've obviously educated yourself over the years. And just so my listeners know, when I walked in to the showroom, I always try to show up about a half an hour early and get set up before I do the interview. I walked in and there you were in the middle of the showroom with all your employees around and you were giving out an award. And so I saw firsthand what your culture is about. And one of the questions I did have is that you celebrate your successes along the way. How important is that for a company? Absolutely essential. All right. We, we celebrate, uh, we might even celebrate too often. I don't believe that, but some people would say that. Uh, we spend a lot of time celebrating successes, a lot of emphasis on recognition. Uh, there's a book a few years back, I can't remember the author's name, but it's called The Carrot Principle. And it just talks about the importance of recognition in, in, uh, in company performance and building great cultures. But it also feels good. Uh, it helps us to, to recognize the human component in what we do. And I tell you what, when, when you uh, work for a company that, that, that uh, takes recognition seriously, you can, you can put up maybe with sometimes some other challenges along the way. Maybe, maybe our salaries and benefits aren't, aren't at the, we're quite where we want them to be, but people care. And uh, they they uh, love to to hear get the recognition themselves and love to see it in their peers. I will say the single principle that launched this podcast is that people want to be seen and heard. People want to have their story told. I do. Um, JMX Brands does, and so I think it's it, that is just a it's an immeasurable it's an Im- immeasurable management technique, but a sincere one that you're using really to build this company. And the growth really reflects that because as I mentioned earlier, you're now over $22 million in 20 years. That's, that's an extraordinary accomplishment. Uh, I'm sure you guys are very, very proud of that and thankful. We are proud of it. We feel, we feel, uh, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO and I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always pushing for a little more. And uh, trying to stretch our our people and our company for for bigger and faster and et cetera. But yeah, I can't help but look looking back on the story, on the accomplishments and achievements, and again on the people, and say, yeah, this is something that that we're pretty proud of. I'd like to talk a little bit about Miao. He grew up, was educated in China, then came over here to finish his education in the United States. So he has both an Eastern and a Western perspective. I mentioned to you, my oldest daughter lives in China right now, so I have a connection there as well. She teaches English and gets uh, some of the Chinese students ready to come over here to go to university, et cetera. But anyways, I know Miao has been essential for the success of your business because he was the one who had the technical expertise to take you online and really to launch the company. Is there anything about how he sees the world that has been advantageous to you that you might not have found from some guy, you know, like me who grew up in Cincinnati. 
Yeah, I think there are probably several things, and and uh, some of it would be cultural, and some of it would be just be his personality. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he is. Uh, I think I think one of the, the of the things that he has really brought to the table is his uh, is his belief that we can uh, we can find a lot a lot of technical solutions to a lot of problems. It's not always a technical solution, right? But but he has learned how to find ways to really make our systems work for us. I read recently uh, something about the uh, an article by someone in in uh, I'll say it again. I, I read recently an article on Digital Three Hundred and Sixty, which is a, a a publication for the e-commerce world. You know something about the differentiators for companies uh, going forward who will be successful in 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 online retail, and uh, smart systems is right up near the top. So he he has really been a a, a big factor from a systems point of view. That's fascinating. It's, it's interesting. Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking. I have a good friend, Mark Canoff. He's one of the top uh, money managers here in Sarasota, but. Talking about technology, he said Starbucks is not a coffee company. They're really a technology company, and they know how much it costs them anywhere in the world to acquire a new customer. Now, how would you like to have those type of capabilities? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I'll just say, I mean, I'm not comparing us to Starbucks necessarily, but I, I often think of uh, JMX Brands as a technology company or a marketing uh, technology company uh, and more than I do a, a furniture business. Obviously, Dutch Crafters is all about the furniture. I don't want to take away from that. But our heart has been, you know, digital systems, uh, online um, retail, you know, through the years. Uh, so that's been, that's that's part of our DNA. Tell us a little bit about Eco-Friendly Digs. Yeah, Eco-Friendly Digs uh, has, has, uh, is our newest brand. It has some had some starts and some stops over the last few years. I think particularly with the, uh, you know, with COVID, we weren't always quite sure about where we were putting our focus, and and uh, we've we've had uh, a lot on our plate in, in some other ways. But eco friendly digs, we're excited about. We have a a, a young uh, woman here who's managing that brand, who is uh, who's very excited about how we can start thinking about a new dimension of the company learning uh, some lessons from Dutch crafters, uh, also uh, helping uh, our company to be um, on the uh, constantly on the learning curve, uh, trying some things that that maybe we wouldn't try with 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 a more established brand. So uh, uh, eco-friendly digs will be about sustainable furnishings um, and uh, and other home products. Do you source all of your materials stateside, or just as some of it shipped in? We source all of our uh, Dutch Crafters products uh, here in the United States. They're all everything that you buy at Dutch Crafters is made in America. We do source some other products uh, with eco-friendly digs uh, from overseas. The important thing with eco-friendly digs is the sustainability factor. So there we're really looking at ecology. And I just want to make sure, so you have, I don't know, how many vendors do you have? We, with Dutch Crafters, we have about, we, I usually talk about, a, uh, about 120 vendors, uh, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. Uh, all of them are, are Amish made with the, ex, there are a few exceptions, you know, Amish, uh, the Amish don't make the beautiful chandeliers that you see downstairs in our Sarasota showroom here. 
so we source those uh, in a with a, a Hubberton Forge, uh, which is a, a Vermont manufacturer. Everything though at Dutch Crafters is at least American made, and the and the exceptions are just few. I mean, we're 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 an online retailer, so uh, we work with again about a hundred and 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 twenty hundred and fifty uh, vendors there at Dutch Crafters. We sell the products; uh, they manufacture them. Most of those uh, vendors are very uh, small. You know, the, our the average size of our wood shop would be about about a dozen to fifteen employees. Uh, some of them are are uh, particularly the outdoor furniture vendors are a little bigger. Uh, some of them are smaller. They're only just a family, a father and sons working together to build to build desks. And so we're excited to represent that whole range, but. Yeah, you know, typically it's a small business that we represent. A number of years ago, I read an article about Amish businesses, and I was always fascinated by it, probably for the same reason people are fascinated with fascinated with the Amish and the Mennonites and whatnot, because of the dress and just it, kind of their, their visual appearance and whatnot. But I, the article was about how Amish businesses succeed more than non-Amish businesses. And of course, I was all over that article, and I went to, the, and there was some guy who was studying the Amish and so I went to his website, I'm doing all this, trying to find out the secret. And I was a little bit disappointed to find out the secret was just simply, they work really hard. They provide a great product at a reasonable price. And um, it seems to me like you guys do the same thing. I think that there's probably a lot of truth in those two ingredients uh, amongst the Amish businesses that I know and and I th- would probably add a third. They they really try to keep their costs pretty low. You know, we we uh, we you don't see a, a ton of uh, you know un- unnecessary expenses in 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 most Amish businesses. But yeah, hard work and and honesty, integrity, um, uh, a real expectation that uh, you know it's important to deliver um, to your customers uh, the a product that represents uh, the value that you say it represents. Uh, so I think that um, translates to a great reputation for, in our business, craftsmanship, but in other businesses, uh, you know, a lot of integrity and people trust that. Here we are in early 2023 and you have Vision 2023. And just to quote what you put on your website, says to be the undisputed leading brand of Amish furniture, winning through exceptional customer experience, which you call it is delivering excellence. So my question to all entrepreneurs and business owners are, why are you changing the way in which you're conducting your business at this time? We, we have, uh, the, the, the thing that we have seen over the years is particularly in e-commerce is the importance of that customer experience as a differentiator. So whereas before we, we, we were, uh, you know, we had a lot of success in selling products, right? But it was what we're trying to, to move, I would say, is not so much a change, but a deepening of our understanding of what it means to serve customers and what it means to differentiate who we are as a business. So rather than um, thinking of it strictly as internet retail, we think of it as a brand. Rather than thinking of it as transactional, we are trying to push towards relational. Rather than thinking of it as um, uh, 
strictly product. We think of it as product and experience. And I think um, I think that you'll find uh, that the brands that succeed uh, that are succeeding now and continue to succeed in the future are those that really uh, come to understand um, that it's it's about experience and it's about stories and it's about brand value. Uh, people want all of that, not just a, a functional product. Now, is that all reflected in the term that you use, which is slow furniture? Yeah, I really think it is. Um, yeah, so slow furniture, you you know, the easiest way to describe slow furniture is to compare it to, to slow food as opposed to fast food, which is, you know, convenient and cheap at the time, uh, at the moment, perhaps, um, but comes with certain costs, costs to your health, costs to often uh, the natural environment, costs to uh, the people who prepare all that 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 food in terms of what they're paid and how they're uh, they're they're valued in in some ways, um, and also the experience of eating um, it. You know, I I've said fast furniture is often eating. eating you often eat fast furniture solitarily on the go, whereas slow, f- uh, did I say furniture? I meant food, <laughs> but whereas fast food, you, you eat it quickly on the go, slow, slow food, you sit down, enjoy a nutritious, uh, meal together with the company that's around you. So we liken it to the same way. Fast, uh, furniture ends up in, uh, in landfills pretty quickly. It's not always as cheap as you, as it appears at the, at the, at the moment, because you end up replacing it often. Whereas slow furniture is made with, um, uh, you know, care, uh, and, and thoughtfulness regarding, um, sourcing, regarding the manufacturing process, regarding how people experience it and how people think about it. I don't think there are, um, I'm not going to say any names, but I don't think, you know, that typically if you get your furniture in a box and have to construct it with, with screws and it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it's made with cheap materials. I don't think it's the kind of thing that you typically, you know, uh, talk about with your friends or pass on to your kids. Ours is different. And I had some of that furniture when I was in uh, college and I, I, I don't know if it lasted the semester, but yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, so many people do. And, and, uh, uh, so I think it has, I think it has, um, to do with integrity and also with, again, with experience. So it's not just about the product, but it's about how people experience that product. So, you know, that I think slow furniture is, is, um, is good for you. Uh, and, uh, we try to, uh, continue to promote it as, um, as, uh, as good for, for industry and good for ecology as well. Well, Jim, you and your obviously very valued employees are building a great company here. It is a great company. And your showroom is here on 3709 North Lockwood Ridge Road. You have some great product in the showroom, some great slow furniture for people to come and see. What else would you like people to know about JMX Brands before we say goodbye? When you come into our showroom, uh, we're not cash and carry. Uh, so you can, you can come in and admire the furniture. You can come in and, and we'll help you imagine what you want. Uh, but a lot of people walk out of here with furniture that's specifically made for them. Uh, you choose your wood type. You choose your, your finish options. Uh, you choose your fabric. And uh, we can even do some other kind of customization. So that's particularly unique. Um, 
you don't get that in a lot of furniture stores. That is unique, bespoke furniture, really. It really is. With an Amish flair. With an Amish flair. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Jim, it has been my pleasure to be here at Dutch Crafters. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And everybody, as always, I appreciate you taking time to listen in. And uh, Jim, I would love to do this again in the future. I'd be happy to do it. And I'm grateful that you came out today and had a chance to see uh, our company in action and, and our furniture in person. You betcha. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. <music>